0: She's like, come on, you can do it. Bring up the audience. Bring up the level. And it was like talking into a vortex. Really? Just I could feel the energy suck out of me. And people were like, hmm Like no response. I do a little bit of audience, you know, a little bit. Oh, moving stuff. Can we start this over? We're going to start this over.
1: You're listening to the Mother Effin Podcast with Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. So this week, Heather had... A show That's on right, Sunday Daddy. at five o'clock. She took an all level, not to be mistaken ladies, for a level yeah. one class. All ladies taught by the, the amazing Renee Percy. Yes, so she worked recommend. five weeks straight on this set.
0: Yes, and, and the had, set is great, and it had a show. <laughs> and I'm I'm not trying to toot my own horn, though I am going to toot my own horn. The set came out really well, from where it was at the beginning of October to where it ended in October, it it turned into something I'm really proud of and I really enjoy. Even though it's like a set kind of based on religion, I, I'm really excited about it. But that audience was sober mm. uh, and they were like talking into a vortex. I felt all my energy. And it was funny because Renee, when we first went on, she's like, Heather, bring the audience levels up. Bring the energy levels up. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I got out and I was ready and I was doing crowd work and the crowd was like, I'm not working with you. It was blank faces.
1: But don't feel like showcases are kind of always, like, it's it's a weird show because it's not like an authentic show where people are coming to see comedy, they may not know the comedians, like they paid for their ticket or, th- you know, like t- this one's all usually... Well, a friend of somebody. In like, my, I, they know somebody all the time. In my opinion, showcase shows are usually the easiest shows because people are there
0: to support you because they That's are the true. friends and the family. I I have my opinion on why I think this show did not do as well. Um, they put two classes together. There was another level one class. It was a level one class that was combined with this all level class, and I noticed when Ken, at least plans his shows, he buffers out the show with experienced comedians, and then the showcase students, and then the headliner. And then he doesn't just put people up. They, they put everybody alphabetically in the show, basically.
1: This show. Yes. Your show is alphabetical. So yes. it had, there was no thought process no. to it. It was like, and you your thought, last like, name is
0: Dragalescu, so you went third. Yeah. So it was one of those things, and it's <laughs>
1: I'll never get it right. <laughs> Don't
0: worry, but I'm barely know. getting it right. I'm sure Romanians is going to be like that's Drug-alescu. not right as well. Drugalescu. Um. So. Uh. Yeah. It. It was. I mean, like I would have thrown Julie O'Leary towards the end because yeah. she's fantastic and strong. Yeah, and very strong. Uh, to toot my own horn, I would have put me somewhere that would have balanced it, either like the big warm up energy at the front you know, even though I don't want to be the bullet spot, but somewhere close to that to get the energy levels up and or towards the end. But they put me smack dab in the middle. So I was surrounded by a lot of, and like the guy before me, I felt so bad for him. Just, he was so nervous. And that's the other thing too. The main room is intimidating if you've never gone up on stage. Yeah. And that's an intimidating- I love the
1: Yoohoo room. The Yoohoo yeah. room is like,
0: it's like you're getting it, a hug.
1: It is like it's just like we're we're uh, we're having a conversation in the living room. Yeah, you know, like yeah. it's personable. Mm-hmm. You're right there. With the, you can the main room. You can't see seventy five percent of it. Yeah, yeah. So you really have no clue.
0: It's this vast space. It's very, um, it's very hard. I think for new comedians to come out. I think even my first time on the main room stage was was more difficult than I expected it to be because it's just such a vastness. And yeah. taking it out of the Yuhu room, I think, was also a mistake. But yeah. there's a lot of people there for, you know, a student showcase show. But it was kind of like, Meh. you yeah. know, a little not as as
1: great as I would have wanted it. So that's interesting, too, because I remember someone, and I don't remember who, mm-hmm. was saying something about it's nice sometimes to play to a hard audience because you have to work for it. You do. But at the same time, so yeah, you can't blame always the audience. No. But you going to take responsibility for your own yeah. stuff. But at the same time, like if an audience is dead, an audience is dead, and nothing's yeah. happening, nothing's happening, like it's hard to come back from that It is comic after comic after comic because and it just gets a bigger and bigger vortex.
0: And that was the the huge problem is that I could feel with every comedian – Just people were getting more and more nervous. Like you saw the first one kind of mess up. And so because they're new, I'm sure it was, would have been similar in our situation because they're new, you could see further and further the, the, the nerves taking over each one. And
1: it got got persistently, the snowball Mm -hmm. effect and it got worse and worse. So then
0: I'm coming out and like, and everybody's like, I'm over it.
1: (laughs) I was here to see the person clap from my person. and through yours. That's what it's going to be.
0: So I have a few lines in this set, though, that are definite killers because they just, even with the dead audience, managed to get a good response each time. That's good. I felt by the end of the set, I had got them on board. But it's just, I really wanted a good video. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. They Why do you need a good video. good video? I wanted, oh, I didn't order it. I got to order the video. Because it's so quiet in the beginning. Also, main room. Has a problem with their recording, in my opinion, because the audience is so quiet. So quiet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um you'll it sounds in a lot of those videos where I've done, I had a great, that last Mad Mom show we did, I thought I had a great set. You cannot hear the laughter until that point in one of my jokes where I drop the mic and I talk without the mic, I do the yelling. Yeah. Then you hear the laughter like crazy. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> the audio's just. Not great. So I
1: like the Yahoo Room.
0: I do like Yoohoo Room has better recording sound and like the laughs in there sound huge, you know. It, it just
1: feels good. like a packed crowd with it does. eight people. It does. So it's easy. Yeah. It's a I good, like easy. It's a good space. I like it. So what did you learn? Like, what are you going to take away besides like you have killer lines in your set, which you have killer lines in every single one of oh, your sets? Thank you.
0: I don't, Um, I think I still have to think about how to not let it get me rattled because it started to get me rattled in those first few I started to rush through Mm -hmm. those first few jokes because I was like I'm going to go for the stuff that I know is going to hit well so it became again like let's just get it out so I can get to the good stuff so you become scripted and you
1: get ahead of yourself and you want to be there you want to be at your lot the joke you want to say versus the jokes that you're at I
0: should have what I realized is I should have taken my time and even though I did a little bit of crowd work in the beginning done a lot more crowd work in the beginning really when the crowd just been like screw you guys i'm running my time i'm gonna run the clock and just have accepted it as running the clock in my personal opinion and i honestly think that if i had done the crowd work and i could have gotten the crowd on my side and warmed up a little bit more nobody would have minded if i'd gone over by a minute because it would have prepped the next comedians for something else Going over in
1: like the comedy world, like in the stand-up world, is like a big no-no. Like yeah. you could not get booked again, even though you had a killer set, because yeah. going over messes up the whole time frame of the show. Yeah. So it's usually a no-no, but like a showcase one like this, where everyone's dying, it could have been.
0: And there's plenty of time left over because so many of, the people a lot of those people, so quick. <laughs> yeah, they were so quick and they ended so fast. So it's like I probably could have taken a little bit more time in the beginning, and just just giving nice. myself some space
1: could have could have should have would have yeah these kind of stories scare me because i feel like i haven't had a really bad crowd yet and i haven't had a really complete bomb yet mm. and i'm like oh no am i gonna be able to handle it like i've had jokes not land i've had but i've always been able to like pull it together at the end and end yeah. strong and so i mean open mics are totally different because you know 22 year olds talking about their penis is something yeah. different than a mom talking about their kids and it doesn't land as well. Yeah. Um. So now I'm, I am I get scared a little bit. I'm like, oh, have I really failed yet? Like, I need to fail so I can learn how to do all this, you know? Like, yeah. You, you hear all the comics say, like, my my mom, I remember it. And I'm like. Yeah, it's, it's okay. funny
0: because we we'll, we gauged us so differently. Like, I came off of that feeling terrible. And Bobby's like, oh, that was such a solid set. That was so good. And I was like, really? And then we listened to it. And I'm like, really? And he's like, well, the audience just wasn't there. I'm like. But you were great. And I was like, really? Because it sounds… <laughs> I want… I guess what it is. I want a perfect unison. Okay, like, clearly. I want to be on and I want the audience to be on
1: with well, me. the adrenaline comes from the laughter that you get. Yeah. you know? Yeah. It's not just like a stage performance. If we wanted a stage performance, we'd be doing theater, yes. you know? Like, you want that draw from the audience. Yeah. You want that connection. So when you have that with you killed it and you being present in the room, like, it's an amazing feeling yeah i've had it like once <laughs> it's good it's good just
0: once oh patty so this week i <sighs> brought you a present
1: yes so i have <laughs> lots of tissues lots and lots of tissues ready because we're gonna dive deep into fasd i feel like
0: yes it's time i know we've touched on it but i think that we really the cry count everybody go ahead and start your cry counter now
1: because uh
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's almost already it's there. gonna it's gonna be big I feel like you're already prepped and ready to go. like to cry? Yes. Yeah. Yes,
1: I'm always prepped and ready to cry. <laughs> At any given moment, I will cry. It is my new normal, is always being on the verge of a breakdown. Oh, it's nice. my new normal. So I, it's okay. I've accepted it. You guys need to accept it. Throw me chocolate if you see me crying. That's all you Oh, I didn't bring chocolate. That was terrible of me. That's okay. I have like six pints of, <laughs> of ice cream. I In spent $65 on ice cream yesterday. Oh, my gosh. That sounds like good stuff. Chris is probably finding out right now on the <laughs> podcast. That I spent a lot of money on ice cream yesterday, and you're not gonna share it. I have to because that's oh. gonna be their Halloween treat. Because I'm not gonna let them get eat candy. Oh.
0: <laughs> okay. So, okay. FASD.
1: FASD. Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, brain damage caused when birth mom drinks alcohol, in this case, wine coolers, <laughs> <laughs> um, and creates damage like while in utero. Um, it's not fun. It's not pleasant. Alcohol is actually one of the hardest drugs on the body when it comes to like damage and irreversible damage. Like it's better to do cocaine and crack than it is to do alcohol and crystal meth. So if you're pregnant, don't do any of it. Just seriously, don't do any of it. I'm not even going to joke But about cocaine that. and
0: crack <laughs> is oh, is better. If you're it's better, be So don't do any of it. Um, I wonder where weed falls on that spectrum.
1: Well, that's what's so crazy is alcohol is illegal. So like Mm -hmm. they don't talk about it as much. And then there's this big misconception that even having one glass is okay. Yeah. But think about it. You have this little tiny being Mm being formed in a uterus, right? Mm -hmm. You don't know how much it's able to handle. Like if I took three shots of tequila and you took three shots of tequila and Chris took three shots of tequila, it would affect us all differently. Like I would probably be sloshed on the floor already. Yeah, Chris would be like, "So, mm-hmm. let's go do some math." You know, like
0: math or meth. Math. Okay. <laughs> it's like meth. It's like, oh, do we need to have an intervention with Chris? <laughs> <laughs> that
1: would be he's a he's he's probably already going. I would never take shots of tequila. I would take I would drink whiskey, and whiskey you don't shoot, you sip. He's already correcting me, but you know what I'm saying? Like you don't know how yeah. it's going to affect you, so you don't know how much you metabolize before the baby gets it. So you could be giving the baby. So what you're saying is Jackson's a lightweight. Completely. <laughs> completely lightweight. Poor baby. Um, when did, yeah. you, when did you know that he had it? Did you know before he was born or did you know? We did not know before he was born. And we did not know when we originally like the first day of intake. Mm. So he's what the nurses would call an FLK, a funny looking kid. It's not a technical term. You will never find it in a chart. And if you do find it in a chart, that person deserves to be fired. Um, but he looked funny. And so yeah. they knew right away that something was wrong. Yeah. I didn't because I didn't. I, I don't see babies every day. Like, yeah. And he was three pounds, six ounces when he was born. We took him home from the hospital three weeks later and he was four pounds, 11 ounces. Was he a preemie? He was three weeks early. They took him out because he wasn't grown anymore. And because so, of all the booze. Yeah, well, it you stunts know? everything. Like, it's, he literally is damaged. Like, Yeah. Yeah, booze does not help things grow. So they called you after he was born? Yes. Did they know – did you know she was pregnant? Yes. Okay. So birth mom called us in May and said, hey, I'm pregnant. I want the girls to meet their brother. This is the first time – We've heard from her in two years. Gotcha. So then I started calling on a weekly basis, just making sure she was supported, mm-hmm. like just talking, wanted to just keep tabs on her. And then she called um, beginning of August. So we adopted the girls in June. Mm-hmm. And then she called beginning of August saying that they're having an emergency C-section. They're going to take him out the next day. So I asked for hotel, from infor- hotel <laughs> hospital information. And I called the hospital and gave them a heads up, talked to the social worker there and said, hey, you have a patient coming in. This is the deal. We adopted his biological brothers, sisters. We want you to know so that she doesn't fall through the cracks kind of thing.
0: Um, Did you have any inkling when you had talked to her that there was something amiss?
1: No, not at all because she has intellectual disability. So I feel like she was just... Got the care that she knew that she Mm -hmm. could get from people around her supporting her. Like, she wasn't going to be someone who could do, make any kind of decision on her own. It makes me more mad at Jackson's birth father Mm -hmm. than her. Mm. Because she just didn't know any better. Yeah. If you gave her prenatal vitamin, she would have taken the prenatal vitamin. If you gave her kale chips, she would have eaten kale chips. If you gave her alcohol, she would have drank alcohol. Gotcha. And that's exactly what happened. Like, from what we understand, birth dad was a pothead smoker- Mm. like drinker and so she was around him and she did what he did and that was drinking yeah. you know Um, she made a comment about the girls because we didn't have the girls test until after we had Jackson tested and she made a comment like oh yeah my grandma said it was okay to drink wine coolers and uh. I was just like okay so I mean she she didn't make any choices on her own yeah. like she's with organizations that help people who are cognitively delayed make life choices yeah so whatever was given to her is what happened. Yeah. Um so yeah, so dad gave her alcohol and she drank. I don't know how much. I don't I don't need to know how much because it's enough to destroy my son's yeah. life, kind of thing. Yeah. Tally one. <laughs> um yeah, it's crazy, it's hard. So FASD is permanent brain damage. It's it affects whatever area is damaged. And yeah. so across the board it's like it a, a attack social emotional regulation it can attack like verbal like he's really delayed verbally short-term memory is horrible um cognitively he's delayed so he's it stuns their growth like he grows really slow compared to other, other kids people. so he looks like a two-year-old like a, he looks like a kind of taller two-year-old yeah i
0: thought he looked like i said i told you i said when i first saw him i thought he looked like a giant two-year-old like a really tall two-year-old But yeah. he's... but he's a very small four-year-old
1: yeah He's a very small four-year-old doing what? Yeah, a somewhat normal two-year-old. Would but it's
0: be. it's kind of funny because while she was a little bit larger, Anna was very stunted too in her growth when we got her, and she was six and she was wearing two T and three T. Wow. So I mean, there is uh, it's definitely a different situation, but there's opportunities. <laughs> though she's but, still no. small, she's still tiny. So, but that's a that's yeah. a
1: difference though. Yeah. Is that? Anna's was because of her environment. Yeah. Her outside environment. Not because her brain was damaged Damaged. and now does not know how to grow. Like this is, that's the the thing too. It's like all of this is, yes, the brain is neuroplastic and he can build scaffolding Mm -hmm. and we can get him to a spot and we're getting him all the help that he can get. He has 20 hours of therapies so that he can be the best Jackson that he can be. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it's like the life that he would have had if she hadn't drank doesn't even compare to the life that he's going to have. Yeah. So, So, um, so this is the biggest part with me, like with faith because I know that he's perfect. Mm-hmm. Like I know that God doesn't make mistakes. Like he is exactly who he was supposed to be. So the struggle of like, well then why does he have this? Yeah. Goes into play. And I have to trust that like, okay, well he has a plan and he's going to do great things in Jackson's way and he, God knows the bigger picture and all that kind of stuff but it's hard to think of like what his life could have been, and she just hadn't drank. And then I get mad because it's like, I wouldn't have drank if I had biological kids, I wouldn't have drank, so yeah. I wouldn't have done this to him. You know, there's an anger in there, oh, completely. In. And then, and, and then, then, then a yeah. sadness because I know the system failed his birth mom, like his birth mom yeah. should have been in foster care and adopted. Mm-hmm. And his first birth mom was adopted by someone like you and me, yeah. I mean, she would have had her kids, and you know, but then you can't do that because then it's like. Well, it's, it's one of those
0: things that when I hear you talk about the birth mom, I see a lot of parallels with Bella. And the hope is that because she's been adopted by Bobby and I, she's not going to fall along that path. But there's a reality that we know, which is the statistics of kids in foster care. The older you are, the more likely you are to repeat things. The uh, If you don't get adopted from foster care, the more likely you are to have children who go into foster care. Um, so it's, it's such a tough thing to know that – you know, if people just opened up their hearts a little bit more and gave a little yeah. bit of, of sanctuary, really, is what it is to these children who desperately need families, maybe we'd save a lot of social problems. Completely. You know, not everybody asks me what my politics are. I always just answer, like, I think you should foster adopt. And they go, but what are your politics? I'm like, no, no, no. I think we would have a lot less problems in this world across the board if people just opened up their homes to foster adoption. Yeah. Um. I think we'd see a lot of social ills. Breaking so
1: many of those cycles that mm-hmm. need to be broken. Homelessness, down to drug abuse, um, poverty. System.
0: It's its all going to, even abortion, because people don't know what to do. Like all of these social things that we fight about would minimize to such great levels if children are being protected more as they're coming out of the, you know, in the system or as they're coming out of the system. I also think it's kind of shameful how kids are dropped from foster care. And when they turn 18, it's kind of like, well, we did it. We got you to 18. Bye.
1: Yeah. And it's like… But then they, again, you can't really expect it, it's much it's, more because yeah. it's like there's just not resources for them. I know. And that's… There's not… Yeah.
0: I would love to somehow figure out a way to help these kids who are about to turn 18 and who feel so lost and scared in this world.
1: Now, Chris and I originally were going to have two biological kids yeah. and adopt a third. And then… When our kids were grown, we were going to do the whole teenage thing. Yeah. And like I have a friend who aged out of the foster care system and she said the saddest part was that there was no one to go home to for Thanksgiving and and you don't want to go to someone else's house because it just reminds you that what you didn't have. And I was like, well, what if we could just be not a parent because they don't want parents. Yeah. If you're in the foster system, by the time you're like 14, 15, you don't want a parent. You just want to get out. Yeah. You know? So not be a parent, but be like that mentor or be just that person to call home to and be like, I got an A on my psychology exam, you know? Or, hey, where should I go to get my car fixed? Like, I need to buy a new car. Can you help me? Like, so someone to like
0: guide them through lives
1: because you're 18 years old. You're not an adult. Yeah. You know? Like, can you help me read the lease and go get an apartment? Like, all these little things that are like, that just want someone to do with. Yeah. More than just, yes, come home. Have... Steak. We don't eat things. We don't eat turkey on Thanksgiving. You know, like do these things, yeah. but also just have someone to like be someone to be proud for them. So who knows? Because at this rate, we're burnt out already. My <laughs> like well, kids are seven and four, and I'm already tapped out. So who knows? Like when they're off to college, if there'll be that nesting system where we're like, oh yeah, we do want to do it.
0: So what do you think for Jackson is going to be that prognosis as he get older? You know, are you are you sort of anticipating you're going to so have to? We've been told. From an
1: FASD specialist who has been in around this for thirty years that he is severely disabled Mm -hmm. and that he will always need assistance. Mm -hmm. He will probably be have an IQ no no greater than like a eleven or twelve year old. So yes, there are great organizations like Walmart and places that he can get a job and like do these things, but it's not like he'll be able to make decisions. Yeah. So he'll always be around. Um and the girls have even said, like, are we gonna take care of it? And I'm like, Yes, yes, you are. Get prepared. (laughs) Um, so he's not gonna be I mean I have I might go all over the place. I have grand plans that he's gonna be a San Antonio Spurs because the Spurs are like this NBA basketball team that's like really Mm -hmm. loving and they're a family and I was like, and they're gonna take him and they're gonna take him on his disability and he's gonna be amazing. Yeah. He's supposed to be like his great grandfather was his great uncle and his grandfather are both six nine and six ten. Oh wow. So he's supposed to be tall. tall. So even if he's stunted because of the FASD, yeah. he could still be 6'2". Yeah. You know? So I was like, dude, he could play basketball. It's all muscle memory. <laughs> He's athletic. He's really strong. I haven't, like, blame NBA yeah. for, for... But only for the San Antonio Spurs who would, like, adopt him and, like, take on everything. Yeah. So I have things like that. And Chris is like, uh, I don't want your bubble to be bursted. <laughs> but... And then there's other times where I'm just like, I just need you not to get shot and arrested. Yeah. You know? Like, so... My range of what he can do is varies greatly. Yeah, and everyone tells me, especially the the FASD specialist, she tells me one the time, y'all. If he didn't find you guys, he would have had no hope. Yeah. But then it makes me feel like I have no hope because oh, it's like no, there's just it so there's just so yeah. much to it. Like there's just so much to it, and he totally changed the dynamic of the family, and that was hard. Mm-hmm. And he requires so much because he's a special needs kid. And that's hard on everybody. Like, it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot, and it sounds really weird, but it's like, I don't know where he's going to land, and that's scary. Yeah. And I don't know who he's going to be, and that's scary. And then, honestly, being black boy with his disability is scary. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know where he's going to be. I'm just trying. And I am doing my best with what I got. You're doing great. So... Special needs is no joke. That's all I gotta say. Is like, we we put on our profile no FASD. <laughs> Never here's a, lot. here's a
0: tip. Never put no to something on your <laughs> adoption profile because that's a guarantee you're gonna get it.
1: <laughs> no, and that's a couple more counts for the cry tally. It is. It's good. It's good cry today. Um. So you go to the hospital, and
0: you got a story. Do you want to tell it? Where?
1: <sighs> okay. So we went right. And first of all, like, they call us and they say, can you pick him up in a couple days? And I'm like, sweet, we're going to have a couple days to prep. As a foster parent, like, that's amazing. Because yeah. normally you're like, we're bringing the kid over. You're getting him in 30 minutes. Oh, my goodness, I need to, you, you scramble. Yeah. So I was like, we're going to get a couple days. We can spend some good time with the girls before, you know, life change. And and then they call back going, actually, can you come by five? Then they're like, hold on. Can you come right now? Oh my God. So I was like, oh. so I went to St. Joseph here in, in Burbank. And I met the social worker outside, and birth mom came out, and she looked at me, and I looked at her, and I said, hello, and she just pressed the button and waited to go down to the elevator. And before that, we had a good relationship. She called yeah. me to say that he was being born, but you could just tell the anger in her eyes. Yeah. But I was a bad person now. Like, I was the one taking her kid, and I needed to because she couldn't do it, Yeah. you know? But that's like the ugliness of it, because like I'm gaining this son, but she just lost him. Like mm-hmm. it's a, it's crazy. Anyways, and awkward too. Is I'm like, what the hell do you say? Yeah. Thanks for the son. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> thanks for the kid. Appreciate it. <laughs> like, anyway, so we went in and I saw him, and he's this tiny little thing with like tubes everywhere, and he was ugly. Oh. <laughs> He was ugly. Like Ugly. <laughs> he was so ugly, he was fugly. Like Did your
0: did your daughters when they first see him say he was ugly too? And you're like, no,
1: he's beautiful. I mean Lexi kind of took back, was like, Yeah, what? Like I yeah. think she expected because when we got our, our foster son Mario, he was like this cute little chubby little thing and yeah. like and they watched him grow up like first like the first six months and he yeah. was like laughing. So I think they accepted that and you looked at him and you're like, oh like <laughs> Oh, What's wrong with this guy? The guy had like he was so small and he was so like deprived of nutrients that he literally was just skin and bones. Oh no! So like you could see his cheekbones and his eye sockets, like he oh, protrude, like baby. eyes protruded out because he had. You he look like a little
0: bird. Yeah, he was oh. ugly. Oh,
1: and I remember thinking like, how can I love this? Like, oh. and I was yeah. so like it was awkward holding him because of all of the things. Everyone's just like, you're a saint. You're yeah. amazing. And I'm like, can I say no? Like, this yeah. is, I don't know how this is going to work. Yeah. Like, it wasn't love at first sight. Yeah. It was like, oh shit, what the hell did we do? Yeah. Kind of thing. And everyone around me kept saying, you're amazing, you're amazing. And I thought it was because of the fostering, because you hear that all the time. Yeah. You're a saint, you're amazing. I could never do that. I wish I could do that. Good for you. Bless you. They're The kids are so lucky. No, they're not. You know, like, you hear all these things yeah. that I just thought it was the fostering it never dawned on me it was because he was was so disabled and he was so like his life was they could tell from the get-go that he was gonna have a hard life and they kept saying thank you and i was like you're welcome you know um we found out he was like he was diagnosed within six months yeah and mom admitted to drinking and he had some of the signs and like his size of his head yeah is so small because he has microcephaly because of the brain damage i mean His brain's damaged. It's small. It doesn't grow. Like, he has a small head. Your skull only grows to the size of your brain. (laughs) Like, it's common knowledge, you know? So, immediately, he was six months. He has had OT. By by a year, he was doing PT. He was doing infant stimulation. By 18 months, he had speech. Like, we were, like, from the beginning. In the first three months, he was so small that we were feeding him every hour. After three months, it was every two hours. He woke up all the time. He still wakes up. Two times a night. Mm-hmm. Times. He has no self-regulation skills. He doesn't know how to self-soothe. Yeah. So it's like, so I'm his self-soothe. I'm his external brain. Whoever mm-hmm. is around his external brain to help him try to figure out life. And that's how it's going to be for the rest of his life. Like, he'll have some things and we'll have scaffolding for him and we'll mm-hmm. figure things out. But for the most part, like, he's going to have to have an external brain to make sure that he doesn't get shot. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. I mean, I,
0: I will say in first meeting him, because you, you definitely presented it where he was far greater uh, – It sounded like, like, I I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting just completely nonverbal. Well,
1: you hear brain damage and you kind of think, oh, okay, well, they're an invalid or they can't do a lot of stuff. Like, you you don't think. And to be honest,
0: the first few times I'd heard him on the phone, though, he had just been wailing. Sounds like him. (laughs) Well, but it was one of those things where, like, when I met him, the first thing he said to me was, I'm hungry. And I was like, okay, so at least this kid can express... Yeah. His basic needs, which be- is amazing. You are amazing.
1: Oh, awesome. <laughs> uh, um, it's interesting. I'm always curious of people because I it's, FASD can be a very invisible disability. Yeah. Because you look like a normal kid. Mm-hmm. You know. You, honestly, you look like a normal ugly kid. Is what happens. <laughs> He's be- not
0: ugly. I'm just saying in general, <laughs> that's
1: what happens because you the the facial fe- yeah. facial futuristics that you have is just they're not pretty. Anyways, so you but you look like a normal kid. Or you look like a normal kid that's younger, even though you're older, you know? So it's like always, it's always been called an invisible disability. You don't really know. And I talked to my friend one time and I asked her and she was like, it's not as invisible as you think. (laughs) I'm like, really? And she's like, no, you pretty much know from the get go that something's up and something's wrong. And then I was kind of like sad a little bit because I can't go through life. Like I, this one time, I lied about his age, and yeah. I just said that he was younger. Yeah, and I felt miserable. Like I, <laughs> not just because I lied, maybe, but also because I I realized I was doing a disservice to him because it wasn't yeah. true. Like he, I was lying about who he was. Yeah. So I'm always curious about like where people say because you say you say brain damage and people can go one way, so they yeah. thought, well, he has thoughts, and you're like, well, yeah, lots of people with brain damage have <laughs> thoughts, you know. So it's interesting. To see where people th- think that he lies. Yeah. And he is cute in his own way. Like he's Jackson and he has dimples and he has a small brain. I mean, a small brain, <laughs> small head. Like That's small good. things yeah. are cute. It was easier when he was little analogy, mm-hmm. and now it's getting harder and harder and harder. Yeah. And he's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And that has to be scary. It is scary. And it's a kid throwing attention when they're two years old and the, the thing, you're like, oh. Yeah. A kid who's eight, he's still throwing things and hitting you. Not so cute anymore. Yeah. And society doesn't think that's cute anymore. No. So it's it's interesting. It's definitely interesting.
0: So the girls didn't think he was the cutest when you brought him home. How did they react with all of his medical needs at first?
1: I think there's like they had a somewhat typical response in the sense of a sibling coming in mm-hmm. and taking a lot, because even a newborn yeah, takes take a, a lot. Attention. Um, there was jealousy then. There was a little jealousy. It's hard to say because they were going through so much of their own stuff. Like we got him around the same time that they turned, they were going to school for the first time. And with lots of trauma kids, that leaving the parents, school mm-hmm. settings, like brings up tons. Yeah. And so they were definitely going through their own stuff and they had lost their brother and now there's this new ones. I don't know how they felt about that. And yeah. they're three and a half, like throwing their own four hour tantrums and yeah. So it was hard. Like that year was really rough. Like it was our marriage was on the rocks because we had nothing else to give each other. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I was no sleep. Yeah. Right. And I realized early on that it was better for one of us to be completely sleep deprived <laughs> than both of us be yeah. sleep deprived. So I kind of took on Jackson in that regard so that Chris could actually be a better parent with sleep kind of yeah. thing. Um. So it was just rough i mean i would order chris would go he works nights so he would work and i would order cases of cider and pints of ice cream and chips from instacart to the couch and i remember thinking i cannot do this like i need to stop because (laughs) this is self-medicating right now um but it was rough like it was that first year was so rough trying to figure out him and then there was a cousin who wanted custody and so then we were conflicted yeah because a part of us was like crap no we don't want him to go. He's Jackson. He's our son. Mm-hmm. And we don't want the girls to have another loss. Mm-hmm. And the other part of us is like, maybe you'd be okay. Yeah. And then you feel crappy for saying that. Yeah. Another point. <laughs> you know, like, you don't, like, yeah. but that was the truth. The yeah. truth was there were moments when we we're like, maybe the cousin should have him. Yeah. And then we would, wouldn't feel guilty for saying no mm-hmm. because it wasn't us who said we couldn't have him. It was a cousin who took it and then be a good way to sell the girls. Yeah. But in reality, we knew that that's what we wanted. Mm -hmm. And that's crappy to think, I don't want my son because he's hard. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a very honest thing, though. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. No, he's four. People always say, oh, I can't imagine life without him. There's moments where I can. (laughs) And it's the truth. Yeah. Like, I love him completely. He is my son. will always be my son. And he comes with a lot. Yeah. And it's exhausting on a day-to-day basis. And the girls are starting to resent him because it's like, oh, we have to leave because Jackson's throwing a tantrum. Oh, we can't go because that Jackson has therapy. Like, there's all this stuff that's messing with their lives. Yeah. And I get down the road, they're going to be amazing individuals because they've learned to love their differences. Like, yeah. But as a seven-year-old who has to leave Disneyland because their brother is throwing this huge, massive fit yeah. and is punching me nonstop, just because they got off the ride of Little Mermaid. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, if we don't get this under control. Like, we got to go. Yeah. You know, so these things that they don't see now as a seven-year-old who doesn't want to leave Disneyland, you know? Yeah. So it's hard. Is he on any medication yet or no? Not yet, and we're going to try to avoid it as much as possible. That's always such a
0: a touchy thing.
1: Yeah, and I've come around, like I'm trying – I used to be totally Mm anti-drugs. Well, those drugs. Weed alcohol is okay if you're not pregnant. (laughs) Anyways, I used to be like, no, we shouldn't be doing this. And then I just like realizing – so much more like what they could do. But mm-hmm. I feel like it's as a society as a whole, it's like we go to it soon and yeah. quick when reality we don't necessarily need to. So if we need to get there, we will. Um, and I'm preparing myself to having mm-hmm. to be there because I was so against it that a part of me feels like I'd be failing if I had to do it or whatever. But right now he's not just because he's still former. I mean, yeah. we're still figuring out what his issues are, you yeah. know? I mean, I remember it
0: was explained to me because it's been brought up for a couple of our kids you know, if a person didn't have a leg, you'd give them a crutch. Like, you you know, so if a person's brain can't fire the right mechanisms, why wouldn't you give them something
1: to help them? And I feel like we all, I especially have this all and never kind of thing. Yeah. So it's like, well, if you're going to do it, you're you're always on it. And in reality, it's like, you know, especially like with depression and anxiety and stuff, it's like, if you need something to help you with to get those chemicals in your brain so you can be at a spot where you can process what you need to process, it doesn't mean you have to be on them forever. Like no. It can help you get grounded so you can figure out what you need to do yeah. and get there.
0: It's it's tough. It's really tough. And I was always very adamant that if I did it, it would be the, you know, lowest dose, the dosage at the least amount of times. Like always start as low well, and, as possible. And why why would you start higher?
1: Like I just think that we just go, oh. He has ADHD, let's get him riddled in. And it's like, he's also a boy and you're expecting him yeah. to sit still for eight hours yeah. during the class. Like, if he got body breaks for a minute every 15 minutes, he'd probably do just fine. Yeah. And we don't have to alter his brain. It's it's tough. It's a really it's a tough, tough choice. And we're, I'm prepared. I'm preparing myself to get there because I don't know where he's going to land and what's going to happen and where he's going to be. And that's the other thing. It's so hard to navigate because, like, one day you want to do everything Yeah. And do everything and read everything and figure it all out. The next day you're just so exhausted that you want nothing to do with it. Yeah. I have to make myself, when October 1st hits until January 2nd, Mm -hmm. I don't do any research about anything. I don't do any trauma stuff. (laughs) I don't do anything. I just, A, survive the holidays because that's always crazy. And then B, give myself a break, you know, because it can get so overwhelming. And I have like a spider web kind of Thought process where yeah. like A leads to B, who leads to C, and all of a sudden I'm like, he's gonna be in a gutter. And you're like, yeah. he's four, going to preschool. <laughs> where you go for kindergarten is not gonna lead him to the gutter. Like, you know, yeah. but like I just start spiraling and where he could be and not be. And, you know, so it's like I had to give myself a break from cool. those thoughts. Yeah. So I, I know, especially since he's gonna be in kindergarten next year, do we hold him back? Do we not hold him back? Am I allowed to hold him back? Is he gonna be able to be a like five year old at preschools Like, no. You they can't. won't. I mean, teachers are great. They're underpaid. Mm-hmm. I love teachers. Special ed teachers and special ed resources, mm-hmm. especially in California and especially in the district that we're at. Yeah, they just don't have the resources to, to give work. everything. Like yeah. as a parent, you have you're the- you're their voice. You have to advocate for that kid. I'm telling you, for you're your Santa
0: Clarita with me. <gasps> the heart district is well known for really good IEPs and everything. Maybe
1: for Jackson, but the girls, I'm like the girls are in a good spot. Yeah, um, see, it's just so much, and then you have other is. beans. Like, oh, yeah. parenting, adulting sucks. I know. I just wanted it to be easy. I wanted it to be
0: like they go here, and you go X, ex- and even on a, a typical kid, like getting them into the right school that you want to get them into. Yeah, it, like that's tough. And then when you're like, oh, by the
1: way, let's add all these extra layers. Let's just add.
0: Yeah, add. You more know,
1: it. so it's how like everyone else is doing bean dip, and we're doing the seven layer dip. Yeah, is what it feels like. <laughs> and you know, regardless, we're all gonna fart. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know. How is he doing in preschool?
1: That's what's weird is that he's doing really well, like in the sense of he's not throwing chairs. He sits there <laughs> like, hey, that's that's a good. <laughs> I, know, I know. I just love the idea like um, today he didn't throw a chair. Yeah. So we call he, that an A. He feels so safe with us. hmm And we tell him no, I think, more often. <laughs> than yeah. Than the school does. Then when I ask him, like, so did he, did he throw a chance to him? i like, no. So that's like, okay, and I don't, so he's a, he holds it together at school, but he's also lost half the time at school. Like he just kind of goes around with everyone. He follows everyone like a little duck, you know, Mm -hmm. or they like guide him along kind of thing. So as he gets more comfortable, it's going to get a little scarier, Yeah, you know, as he gets into first and second grade where he has more opinions and more stuff, you know, like he's a are, is okay, your school
0: one that integrates with the general ed population? Or so the separate?
1: school that he is in right now is called a blended program.
0: That's what I call it.
1: I mm-hmm. don't know. That's a technical term. Um, so he's with half neurotypical kids and half kids who have IEPs. Okay. Um, so there are some kids that are a little bit more severe than him in a weird mm-hmm. way. Like there's a kid who – he's a one-on-one because his autistic behaviors are a little bit more intense. Mm-hmm. Um there's another kid who's just as nonverbal as he is. See, it's hard saying that he's not. Ver- he's not. It's not like he's nonverbal. Like he's verbal, but he's still caveman talk, and he's still. Yeah. And a four-year-old isn't doing caveman talk. Yeah. You know, so he's getting there. So I call him minimal verbal, where he's <laughs> he does talk, but not where you'd want to. Yeah. Anyways, um, so there's, it's in a good spot because he's seen people and his peers like, yeah. and they're pushing him. It's a good it's a good spot for him. And I'm thinking maybe we do that another year, but then I don't know if he's allowed to be in that program because of his age. You know, so I had to figure that Yeah all out. But he I we like where he is now. But that's the thing too, is like there's no place. Like all these special needs kids are so unique and they they all need their own thing. And mm-hmm. it's just there's not resources to give yeah, everyone exactly what they need. Like in my ideal world, every special needs kid would have a one-on-one sure. and be able to be integrated into the general ed population. Yeah. And then if need be, p- be pulled out with other peers so they don't feel as crazy or something. But like, yeah. but we don't have the resources for that. So he gets put, like the place he was in last year was like not for him at all. Mm. Like he, no one talked in that class. No one wanted to play with him. No, and he wanted to. Like he, mm-hmm. socially he's like kind of normal in a weird way. Yeah. Like, it's just in a so weird hard, way. In a weird way. I know it's all normal.
0: So I what I know you've got like what twenty people involved with his care right now. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, what do you know what the next steps are moving forward with him? Like where the, the goals that he's are to it to achieve to go to next steps.
1: It's just continue doing what we're doing. He mm-hmm. has P T from the school and from and, and supplemental PT from our insurance. He has OT from the school and also supplemental. He has speech from the school, and he also has two hours of speech afterwards. And then he has 15 hours of behavior therapy. So for right now, it's just us doing the same stuff, and then yeah. next year with kindergarten. But I think kindergarten is going to make or break it if we end up doing kindergarten or if we hold them back. like mm-hmm. We're just going to keep doing what we're doing. I and mean, that's one of the reasons why everyone was like, you should move. I'm like, I'm not moving because I finally figured out yeah. All the therapies and did all the paperwork <laughs> and got everything. It's like I don't even I I yeah. will never have a house here in in California. Yeah, because it's way too expensive. But I will never have to do paperwork again. I hate paperwork. And I my friend was like, move to Ohio with us. I was like, I will move to Ohio if you do all the paperwork. The paperwork yeah, because yeah, that in itself is, is like crazy. So yeah, it's just doing exactly what we're doing, and hopefully I don't go to get too much crazier. What you like,
0: sort of hope for him this year?
1: I really hope we figure out his sensory needs because I feel like so much of that right now is is where the issues are lying. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to help him with that. Like we have a new OT that we've been seeing for like three weeks, so hopefully. Mm-hmm. I mean, I bought a trampoline. I have a swing in our house. I'm about to buy a, like a sensory sock. I got a weighted blanket. Like I'm trying yeah. all the stops to figure out because I feel like he just needs so much. Yeah. So I think what I really want to hone down before the summer happens, and I have him all the time, um is what kind of sensory diet does he need? like what does he yeah. need to help him stay regulated because of the brain damage, he doesn't feel his body mm-hmm. and because of the brain damage he doesn't know how strong or how weak he is and he doesn't know he doesn't feel himself yeah and so he's constantly seeking to feel, which means throwing things, which means yeah. throwing a tantrum because he can feel himself be angry and he can, so it's like trying to figure out, how we can you do that in a happier place that doesn't cause mama to drink Yeah, like
0: what if he would like swimming i know that's such a random thought and we but. just we're
1: doing swimming and but now his schedule's so full that we and it gets cold so we just we, Tuesday yesterday was his last day of swimming but we'll do it again like he does because it tires he him out and he fills it or whatever right. and he loves a trampoline we have a mini trampoline like we don't even live in a big place and it's like we have this jungle gym that he can climb <laughs> up up we have like a slide we have the trampoline like so, I feel, like if, I feel like if we could figure out his sensory needs, that will help us. And I feel mm-hmm. like I need to figure that out before he goes to school because the school's not going to care. Mm-hmm. Even our amazing school of Avison can only do so much. Yeah. Like, we need to figure out that stuff. So, hopefully, he just becomes a better little citizen. I mean, I know Jackson's doing great for Jackson. Yeah. And I know I'm doing the best that I can. You're doing with above what and beyond, I got.
0: You know, but. You just wish you could do more.
1: I wish I could do more but I don't want to do more. Yeah. I'm tired. Yeah. Like you want to do it all, but at the same time, I can't do it all. Yeah. And then you need to think of your self-care and then that self-care makes you feel guilty because you should be doing more for your kids and then you have two other kids and then don't even forget about a marriage. Yeah. Hello, that needs to be a date night and all this stuff. It's just like, okay, I'm just going to go eat the $65 of ice cream. that <laughs> ice cream because that, <laughs> that I can't do.
0: What would you want people to know about FASD kids, like, you know, what would you want people to be educated about? Besides the fact, like, don't drink while you're pregnant, but.
1: That's what's so crazy is that all of that could have been prevented if Mm -hmm. people just wouldn't drink. And doctors are saying, oh, no, you can have a glass of wine. It's like, no, no, you can't. Just be very severe on it. So between, like, that, but like with kids themselves, I think with with any special needs involved. I wish we gave each other grace mm-hmm. a lot more because I don't need you judging me. Mm-hmm. I'm judging myself just fine. So just giving the kids more grace yeah, and including the parents and the kids despite their disabilities would be huge. I and mean, I think that's what I want with my like, comedy is like, if I can just create little heart shifts, And these people who come to laugh, Mm -hmm. so they realize like, damn, it's hard being a mother. Mm -hmm. It's even harder being a mother of a special need kid or kids from trauma. Yeah. Because we do so much more than just rather parenthood. I would hope for you that you give yourself a little
0: more grace this year.
1: That'd be great, too. Because <laughs> I think you're a lot harder than Grace, you Grace, chocolate, ice cream. I mean, that's what I
0: need. I'm not saying more cider. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and then I'm get... an all or nothing, so I'm either yeah. doing, like, I'm kicking this motherhood thing, or I'm like, I, mean, I failed.
0: correct me if I'm wrong, but I always feel that the kids' failures are such a reflection upon my failure.
1: So imagine having a special needs yeah. kid that's like, there's no control. Like, yeah. there's no control at all. Yeah. There's, it's like, I, it's and then I get blamed for that. Or I'm and I'm blaming myself for no, you're that. Blame like yourself. But yeah, it's it's a lot. It is. It's tough. All right. I think the tally count cry <laughs> count was maybe. I mean, you could probably count it as one because I cried throughout the whole thing. <laughs> but we'll count it as a six for those of you keeping track. <laughs> That's
0: hardly as many as I thought. <laughs> be? There are
1: long ones. I brought you a big
0: box of Kleenex. I thought that oh, you were gonna no. go through the whole thing. No. Um that no, was good. Thank
1: you for sharing that. Well, I hope someone doesn't feel less alone. Like I always yeah. feel lonely in it. And so I'm hoping we yeah. may not know each other and you may only listen to my voice while you're driving and not texting. Yeah. <laughs> I hope people feel like, oh, I feel like that too. And yeah. feel a little bit less alone. Yeah. So. All right. So
0: to end on a happier note, Jackson is a very cute, <laughs> precocious child who tries to take down a dog who was like three times his size. <laughs> yes. And it's
1: amazing to watch, um, but, uh, you and know. He's like his do- his sisters, and they he talks with his eyes, and he'll be yeah. like, "Yeah, Mom, Jackson stay. Jackson need booty, <laughs> which is Pirate's booty, not like booty booty. <laughs> but that's great.
0: So thank you to Devin for letting us
1: use his space again to record. Devin, we greatly, greatly appreciate you allowing us to use this space. It's a great space. Yes. It's amazing. It's got. We also appreciate Bobby, oh, you can who has gone beyond it. the Call of Duty to make this space even greater and make our podcast sound like we have millions of dollars and are in a soundproof studio room. Like it's phenomenal. And we appreciate all that you do. Maybe a little Bobby. less than a million. Um, we also want to thank you for listening.
0: I really appreciate you
1: yes. hearing us drone on. And we know it's more than just Gracie. We got yeah. Janie and Claudette and Joni and. <laughs> And, I think and Holly and H- Kendra. And, yeah. So uh, thank yeah. you for all the listeners.
0: And we we want to hear from you. So there's two ways to contact us. Uh, one is by email, mother podcast at gmail.com.
1: Or you can actually download the anchor app and leave some comments there. Correct. As well. And if you send us questions, we'd be more than happy to answer them. We'd love to talk to you guys. Probably won't answer them correctly, but we'll answer them. That's true. Just so you know, we have
0: a show that Patty is producing at Flappers Comedy Club November 11th. Fostering Foster- funny. Fostering funny. It's gonna be great. Uh, Chris is gonna
1: is- perform for the first time ever. And it's gonna be amazing. I think is that, he nervous? That no because he's cocky okay then i hope he fails well he's no. also written some of my best jokes so okay. i'm kind I, of then i, I hope don't he's, know i don't know if i want him to succeed or bomb like, I, hope hmm. I hope that he's average i hope he's average he's probably gonna be really good at it and then we'll become a duo and then we we'll become more famous than me and That'd i'll be stuck with the kids again oh oh wow be that kind came of out. cute though it'd, it'd cute. be fun
0: um so yeah fostering funny is um about bringing awareness to the foster job community. What's great is every comedian has some relationship to foster care or adoption. Yep. So it's really exciting to get that group of people together. And just make sure you follow us. You can check MotherEvanPodcast.com to see our list of everywhere that we're available streaming or just go to your favorite streaming service. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram as well. And Facebook. Though nobody uses Facebook anymore for old
1: people which is us but we don't i was even like use i it. use it thanks
0: <laughs> <laughs> the mother effing podcast is hosted and produced by patty crouch and heather dragulescu subscribe to us on
1: apple podcasts spotify anchor or wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to visit us online at mother